A thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard. It can move anywhere. Maven, concentrate on sin. Give priority to the detectors and the navigation systems. There is a corridor. And the corridor is time. It surrounds all things. On display, I eventually had to go down to the cellar. That's the display department. With a torch. The lights are probably gone. So had the stairs. You are just number six. I am not a number. I am a person. Welcome to British Invaders, episode 441. This is the podcast all about British science fiction television, and this time we are talking about The Watch. This is Brian from Canada. And this is Eamon from England. Hello. We are back to Terry Pratchett's Discworld, looking at the BBC America, BBC Studios series from 2021, based on Pratchett's story about the City Watch. So this is the police force of a sort. It had a total of eight episodes in one series, about 45 minutes each. And it's a slightly updated version of his fantasy setting, maybe a little bit more than slightly, to a more modern type of world, but still with all of these fantasy aspects built into it. And of course, if you've got the city police, the watch, you can tell a police procedural story. This mismatched group of officers trying to become the police department that the city needs while investigating and trying to solve an ongoing detective mystery in this fantasy setting. Yes, absolutely. So for our setup, we are, as the opening titles remind us, somewhere in a second-hand dimension. We are on the disc world of the Terry Pratchett stories in the city of Ankh-Morpork and the watch as we've said, are the police of the city, the city watch, the guards who are supposed to protect and serve. They are, but they lack leadership and direction. And we are in a city where there are sort of legalized crimes through an assassin's guild and a thieves guild and so on. So we end up with the watch not having a great deal to do. And then the City's patrician and Captain Sam Vimes, the head of the watch, can they mold this team into something that's effective and solve this mystery that deals with a magic sword, a stolen book, a mysterious figure from Vimes' past, and of course, a dragon. But of course there is. There would have to be. <laughs> Indeed. So that's the sort of setup. Let's turn and go through some of the characters and start with a Pratchett favourite, one that you've already mentioned, Brian, Captain Sam Vimes of The Watch, played by Richard Dormer, best known on screen for the part of Beric Dondarrion in Game of Thrones, uh, a recurring character. And if you're familiar with Game of Thrones, you'll know exactly why his character is able to recur so often. Here he is as Sam Vimes. He's not yet the wise detective of the novels. He's not yet the sort of leader of the watch and the leader that the city needs and gets later on. Instead, this, I think, captures him at an earlier stage of both his and the watch's history. He's starting to realise that perhaps he needs, shall we say, Brian, he needs to drink less and he needs to be more of a leader 
and actually become what the watch needs to form it into a unit. Yes, absolutely. Lord Vetinari, played by Anna Chancellor, is the lord of the city trying to encourage Vimes from the watch to make this more effective watch that can actually do things rather than just being there as a formality. And Vetinari is there as the leader of the the city who makes orders and directives from time to time. And this is the first time Vetinari was played by a woman, but still with he and him pronouns. So this is one look into how this series plays with gender and gender fluidity, which it does some interesting things with. It does. We will talk about that as we go along. Um, Let's head down the ranks into The Watch. Corporal Angua, another favourite character from the books, here played by the Maltese actor Marama Corlett. She is a young watch officer who has, of course, a dark secret. When the moon is full, she will transform from her very diminutive sort of tiny figure into a massive ravenous werewolf can be challenging when you're trying to be a police officer to occasionally turn into a ravenous werewolf right yes definitely a struggle as these characters certainly do have struggles Constable Carrot Iron Founderson, played by Adam Hugel, is a new recruit to the ranks. Carrot was raised by a dwarf family and considers himself to be a dwarf. He was adopted into this family and is actually well over six foot tall you know this big tall guy and he is a good officer with a strong moral compass who becomes important to the watch becoming an effective police force again yes uh, constable carrot is great and nice to see him on screen and nice to see corporal cheery Littlebottom, played by Joni ayton kent Cheery is the watch's forensic officer. I would sort of say she's the CSI officer, providing valuable insight into forensic remains, into crime scenes, but also deciphering magic and technology and often being on hand to explain to the rest of the watch and to us what might be going on with some of these mysterious artefacts that they keep encountering. And I'm going to say another favourite character from the books, a character who in the books, of course, is also demonstrates a certain degree of gender fluidity. In the books, of course, an actual dwarf who is looks male but is, in fact female and they've they've lent into that with the cast in here as well brian i think we can say yes they are including a trans character here with a trans actor and more than just that they over time get into playing with gender fluidity with this character as well and do some really interesting things there yeah absolutely fascinating and um, we will be talking about that as we go along lady sybil rampkin played by lara rossi is a member of a noble city family, definitely an aristocratic kind of character who spends a lot of time struggling dragons. And she gets caught up with the watch and becomes a sort of honorary member and has an interesting ongoing character relationship with Sam Vimes and is also someone with a strong moral compass and has 
has a lot to say about the way the city works and the Assassin's Guild and so on. And I'll perhaps note that in the books, I think as most people will know, that character in the disc world of the books goes on to marry Sam Vimes. This may be certainly very earlier in their lives versions that we're seeing, or maybe we might get to this later on, Brian, maybe different versions altogether. Yes, indeed. And it's sort of the beginning of their connection. Of course, death is a constant presence in Ankh-Morpork. And in the books of Terry Pratchett, death is an actual character involved very much in the world of the City Watch, cropping up often, usually as the traditional hooded figure with glowing eyes. And we have heard death, I think, voiced by actors such as Christopher Lee, Brian Cox, Ian Richardson, I believe, Brian. And here, rather charmingly, voiced by Wendell Pierce, the actor who you may know best for playing the detective known as The Bunk in the TV series The Wire. Yes, the choice of the voice for death is always interesting. And it was a different approach here with someone from a different tradition. But that was interesting it very much had the look of terry pratchett's death as we've seen in in other discworld adaptations i also want to mention a few favorite actors who show up in this ingrid oliver who is well known as osgood on the new doctor who series she shows up as dr crucis from the assassins guild and delivers a lovely, intense performance, very different from what we're used to from her. The comedian Matt Berry, known from a variety of things. We've seen him in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, but he's done all sorts of things. He does the voice of a magic sword in this. And then Ruth Maidley, who we saw in Years and Years, where she was one of the siblings in that, she has also been in Doctor Who very recently in the 14th Doctor specials for the 60th anniversary. And she's also a Doctor Who companion on Big Finish. She shows up here as well. So that was really neat to see. Keep your eye on the cast because it is quite interesting. Mm -hmm. So back to the Watch themselves. When he was a young constable in the Watch, Sam Vimes had a partner called Casa Dunn. Uh, played by Sam Adewunmi, and they were sort of very close, and then something terrible happened as part of a rooftop chase during a very strange thunderstorm, and Sam thinks that Carcer fell to his death at that time from the roof of the Unseen University in Ankh-Morpork, as I say, during this very peculiar thunderstorm. But it seems like Casa might be back. And now the older Sam Vimes is a bit puzzled because the young Casa Dunn doesn't appear to have aged a day. He appears now, instead of being working for the Watch, to be leading a gang of villains. And they are hunting for magical artifacts, in particular the magical sword that we've talked about a few times. Yes, indeed. And meanwhile, the Watch is trying to decipher some mystical symbols from a missing book and they are dealing with their own internal problems including Angua's transformations and so on and all of this is happening while they're trying to live up to expectations 
and be a real police force again, living up to the badges they carry and so on, and be this sort of better version of the Watch that actually does things and enforces some laws, which they haven't done in a long time at this point. Yeah, interesting stuff. <laughs> they turn them into actually a police force instead of just like a sort of honorary guild there in this strange city where crimes are um, occasionally legally sanctioned, it seems. Yes, indeed. Production notes. We start, of course, with Sir Terry Pratchett, who sadly passed away from complications of Alzheimer's disease at the age of 66 in 2015. Before this series ever went into production, um, we've talked about him several times now. And in particular, we've referred to his 41 Discworld novels set in this comical fantasy world where magic is real. And we know that from the novel, Sam Vimes and the City Watch are a popular feature, have been directly covered in at least eight of those books, starting with Guards, Guards in 1989. But they also, I think Sam and some of the Watch crop up in many of the books. I think those there are eight novels specifically about the Watch themselves. The production company, Prime Focus, had been involved in three of the earlier Sky TV productions of the Discworld stories, which we've we've talked about before, and they wanted to do a police procedural series featuring the watch. And they were talking about this back in 2011. And for a few years, that concept sort of bounced around different production companies, including Pratchett's own Narrativa company. And at one point, his daughter, Rhiannon, was actually set to write for the series. And it, you're right, Brian, it was bouncing around production companies and didn't seem to be getting anywhere until the BBC acquired the rights in 2018 for BBC Studio studios and said they would actually put this into production and so johan noble took over as the main producer and the series was written by simon allen and joy wilkinson with contributions from catherine trigena amro alcardi and ed heim and then turned over to directors Emma Sullivan, Brian Kelly, and Craig Viveros, who we talked about when he directed the 2019 version of The War of the Worlds, which we covered, I think in 2022 was when we covered that one, Brian, but not all that long ago. And there was actually another War of the Worlds connection because the music was composed by Russ Davies, who had done War of the Worlds. The series was shot in Cape Town, South Africa, which gives it that mixture of old the new buildings that we see on screen, you know, a slightly different look. The Watch was broadcast on BBC America in January 2021, with the first two episodes shown on January 3rd, and then continuing weekly after that. And as you would expect from a BBC production, it did turn up on the BBC iPlayer in July of 2021, and then arrived on Amazon Video. I think early in 2022 was when it hit Amazon on video but i can't find the exact date for that but yes it's got its various broadcast and release on streaming platforms 
So let's turn to the availability and start as ever in region two where I have been watching it on the very same Amazon video. I should say it's no longer on the BBC iPlayer over here but on Amazon video you can get the whole series for about £15 in SD or £17 in HD. You can also buy individual episodes if you just want to get the first one and have a look and see if it's your sort of thing. There is a DVD version. Currently, as I speak, the DVD is about £10 and features several extra features and making of documentaries, which I'm sadly, I haven't been able to see. But currently, the Blu-ray, which has the same package, is only about £4. I think that's a special sale at the moment. So that might be worth going and having a look at. And I'll just mention before I throw it back across the pond that once again, thanks to our listener who suggested the Cinema Paradiso DVD rental site, you can rent the DVD of uh, The Watch there as well. Meanwhile, over there in Region 1, Brian. In Region 1, there is a Blu-ray release that sells for about $18 US or $20 Canadian. And it's on DVD as well for about $16 US and $33 Canadian. That happens sometimes. And it's also available on Amazon Prime Video in the US for $20. And it's on iTunes as well. I think $20 Canadian. I'm not sure of the US price, but it'll be in the same range. And the books are, of course, still in print and widely available. Of course, Terry Pratchett's books, enormously successful and enormously well-selling and still all in print. So next time, we've still got quite a bit to get through. We're going to talk a little bit more about the ongoing investigation into these magical artifacts. We will discuss some of the big changes in this version compared with the earlier adaptations of Terry Pratchett's work that we've looked at before. We're going to get into some of the critical response, some of the controversy about this series that developed. And yes, if you're a hardcore Terry Pratchett fan, we will be mentioning Sam Vimes' boots when we come back next time. Of course. And we will, as always, be giving some of our own thoughts, reviews and recommendations on the series. And yes, we'll have plenty to talk about next time. Until then, you can find all of our episodes, including all of the Pratchett ones, at BritishInvaders.com. Or if you search for British Invaders on Facebook or British Invaders podcast on Instagram and threads, you can find us there and join in on some of the discussions on the socials. Yes, please come and find us on the socials and tell us what you think. And please come and find us as part of the Voice of Geeks network. Vognetwork.com is where you'll find all the fun, other podcasts, Twitch streaming, Discord channels, lots to find. Have a poke around at Vognetwork.com. Absolutely. So thank you for listening. And this is Brian from Canada signing off. Yes, thank you very much for being with us. Until next time, Eamon in England also signing off. Bye.